Welcome to the Let's Remember This podcast where we're taking time to slow down, sit down, and spend time in scripture. So wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, I encourage you grab a pen, grab your Bible, a notebook, and let's not only read scripture, but let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak and let's remember this. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Today we are in Galatians chapter 3. We are starting a new week where we are going to be reading Galatians chapter 3 verses 15 through. You can hear me flip my page. Um, It's going to be a long one this week as we are going to be doing Galatians 3 starting in verse 15. Um, And we're going to be going all the way into verse 22 this week. So I'm kind of using this section headers to break it up from the New Living Translation. Um, So that's kind of how I'm breaking it up for this week, but excited to dive in. So would you join me as we read scripture this morning? Would you ask the Holy Spirit to come speak to you, show you what you need to remember as we read? It says, dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or amend an irrevocable agreement, so it is in this case. God gave the promises to Abraham and his child. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children, as it is many, meant many descendants, as if it meant many descendants. Sorry, I'll read that again. Notice the scripture doesn't say to his children, as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child. And that, of course, means Christ. This is what I am trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise, for if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins, but the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement, but God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus. Let's pray today. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this new day, this new chance to hear from you, to be in your presence, to commune with you, to have this conversation with you. God, we just pray that as we open up our ears, as we create this space, that you would speak in your precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to read um, verses 15 through 18. There's my flipping of the pages again. Um, Again, in the ESV, it says this, to give a human example. Brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now, the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say unto offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law which came 430 years afterward did not annul the covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, 
but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Okay, so we're going to focus on those three verses. Now, this section, I kind of broke up in bigger chunks um, because I think all of them are giving us clues to more context that we kind of need to understand it. Um, so here's some of the things that I want to point out quick. One, I just love the way that Paul writes to people and teaches them. Um, you can just kind of like feel, I think that like pastoral heart, but yet you'd also feel his like angsty, bold personality coming out where you can almost tell he's like, come on. Okay. Let me, let me explain this to you again. Let's try this again. But he's also clarifying a lot of things. Like he's making sure they understand. Okay. I'm using this word here to say descendant, um, Christ, like it's Christ. The offspring here is Christ. And he does use a kind of plural form of offspring, which a lot of commentators make notes on in this passage, but he is clarifying, like, I mean, Christ. So this promise that was made to Abraham and his offspring, um, he's saying it's not plural here, offsprings referring to many, but referring to one in your offspring who is Christ. So he's wanting to make sure we know, like, this is Christ that we're talking about. Um, and so it's talking about Christ as the offering, Christ as the descendant. And here's the thing about is about Christ is that Christ would have descended from the line of Abraham. So he would have been someone that could inherit this promise or help this promise um, come come to be. But also he lived a life of faith, which if you remember back in Galatians 3, 7 earlier, um, which I'll actually just read really quick here. It says, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. So not only does Jesus Christ qualify as a kind of bloodline from Abraham, but also that he lived a life of faith like Abraham. Therefore, he could inherit this promise. Um, So the Galatians here, we have to remember that they were still not quite understanding the the full gospel and that following Jesus and all of that was just about faith, right? They still were not quite getting that. So Paul is coming again to say a human example, or I loved in the um, New Living Translation when it says, dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. He's like, I'm going to give you something you understand. And that was then he starts to talk about the covenant. And he's making it clear here that he's saying, um, when he's talking about this is what I mean in verse 17, the law which came 430 years afterward does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God. So to make the promise void. So he's saying you can't add all of this stuff and void out the promise. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by the promise God gave to Abraham by a promise. So he's clarifying for them and they would have understand covenantal law. They would have understood these things. This was just like everyday life examples. This was human examples to them. Now we have to go and study a little bit to say, what are you talking about with this covenant? But they understood, they knew. So he was using these everyday examples for them to help them understand what's happening. And as I was kind of reading this today, there was a couple things that came to mind um, when I was thinking about it. And first of all is that the grace that Paul had for the Galatians to keep trying to explain it and keep finding new ways to communicate to them. And he's using now these everyday examples, these everyday things. He's breaking it down more and more and more. Because they were still thinking that they could start by faith, but that they could finish by the law. So they understood like, yes, we believe that this promise started through faith and we believe in the promise of Abraham. But now we think that it's changed 430 years later and that it's all about the law and that we have to finish the promise through the law. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that tightrope example about 
the man who um, was walking across on a tightrope across Niagara Falls. And then at one point he asks a man to jump in the barrel with him. And think about it this way. As the man was being carried across the tightrope in this barrel, how foolish would it have been to, for him to then get out and try to finish walking on the tightrope on his own? Yet that's how many of us approach relationship with Jesus is we start with faith. And then at some point when we're about halfway through, we get a couple steps in, we get a little confident and we think, okay, I got it now. And we step out of that barrel. We step out of that safety. We step out of that protection. We step away from the one who was carrying us through. We forget that we weren't getting there on our own, that actually we were just resting inside of that barrel and getting pushed across the tightrope. But then all of a sudden we start to think, well, I made it this far and we start to finish it by our own means and our own ways. And that's what the Galatians were doing is they were starting to finish it on their own. And so Paul was trying to communicate again to them now in these everyday examples that they would have understood that no, it's still Jesus. And he, so he's pointing to that Jesus was a direct line, a bloodline from Abraham and Jesus also inherited because he was a man of faith because he had faith in God. And so in both those situations that the promise was was not void, but the promise was still active and God gave the promise to Abraham and God was going to fulfill that promise. And so that's what we're seeing here today. Um, and there's not a lot of like, as we get into these next few verses, I mean, we're still talking about the law and there's not a lot of things that are super, you know, new that we're going to be hearing. But I think just that reminder that Paul was patient to give them those everyday examples and to help them understand and that God's patient with us to give us everyday examples and to help us understand. And so if there's things that you're trying to hear from God and that you're trying to understand, maybe that's a simple prayer today. Maybe there's not this huge practical application coming from spending time in his word, but just that simple, God, would you give me an everyday example of your promises today? Would you give me an everyday example of how you're trying to communicate with me today? Because in the same way that he was speaking to the Galatian church through Paul in these really simple ways, he wants to speak to us in that he's not trying to use all these words so that we can't understand. He wants us to understand. He wants us to hear from him. And so that would be my encouragement to you today is pray those simple prayers of God. Would you give me everyday examples? Would you give me everyday examples of what you're trying to help me understand of how you're trying to show me your love? of how you're trying to remind me of your promises today. So let's go ahead and read again our scriptures in Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 15. It says this, Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or amend an irrevocable agreement, so it is in this case. God gave the promises to Abraham and his child, and notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children, as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child, and that, of course, means Christ. This is what I am trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins, but the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is helpful, but is more than one party must reach in agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. 
Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ.